And we're back again. I think it's been a month, but we're finally back with another uh, hockey podcast. I was about to say underachievers because we've had so many of those that we have been so few of Wentworth Quake hockey podcasts, but we're back the day before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate in the, in the Americas. Uh, obviously, Canada, this is not a holiday really for you. You've already celebrated your Thanksgiving. So, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to those. And no, we're not talking football, obviously, because why would we do that? Those games are boring tomorrow. But we're talking hockey because obviously, Black Friday games, those are the more important things. Absolutely. And there's some, there's some good games on Black Friday, too, including our own Flyers taking the Carolina Hurricanes. That's going to be a, a good key matchup as Flyers, they last won that. Uh, their last matchup, what was it? 2-1? Yes, yep. Uh, that was, that was a really played. good game. Zach McEwen, of all players, had a beautiful tip to it. Yeah, he did. Game winner. That was gorgeous. He had a nice tip um, in it from Justin Braun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Put that on my bingo card. Um, so definitely a, a very jam-packed episode here tonight. Uh, we have uh, the stat head, as always. <laughs> Uh, we are going to go over a huge injury segment here, not only for major injuries for the NHL, but then that's going to be a nice segue into the Philadelphia Flyers who have been just like crucified with injuries to some very key players, including a call-up for one of their top prospects who is playing tonight against the Florida Panthers. That's big there. Um, and then I definitely want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. A lot of rumors have been going on with them, uh, trade wise or trade rumors wise, I should say. So definitely keep an eye out on there the next coming weeks for sure. Um, oh yeah, well, probably months. I don't feel like, yeah, I feel like trades, months, yeah, early, early trades don't really uh, happen. That, that's true. Early trades, probably not, but just, just trade rumors are going to start scrolling. Yeah, as we get closer. Yeah, I'm actually so, going to be really curious. I know this is completely random. I just thought about today, or not today, like a second ago. Yeah. Um, because for those who, of you who may not know this, who may find this podcast, who don't really follow hockey that much, NHL players are back in the Olympics. And shortly after that, because that's about February, shortly after that's going to be a trade deadline. I'm curious what teams are going to do during that by, that little time off in terms of trades or what and how they're going to do that. If I'm not, I could be wrong. If I'm not mistaken, isn't there usually, especially because Olympics and everything, can't, isn't there some kind of roster freeze? There is a roster freeze, but I'm just saying or in that is time. That not relevant with the whole because of it's the Olympics. I, I'm assuming there's some kind of type of roster freeze at that point. I know there's usually a roster freeze every year for like around the holidays or something like that for Christmas mm-hmm. time or whatever. But like, I would want to be surprised if there's one for that too. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, just in terms of the teams themselves, because hockey is going to be going on elsewhere. So for them, I guess, in terms of the players that unfortunately don't make their country's uh, team, they'll probably just stay back, practice, or maybe they'll just up. take that time to just rest up or whatever. Honestly, that's going to be key for a lot of these. And then I wonder if in that time, general managers, coaches, assistant general managers, and all those guys involved in scouts and everything involved with making trades, have like a meeting during that time and be like, okay, we're entering this time, like closer to the deadline. If it gets a little more, that's when you start uh, hearing more about uh, guys coming up or guys' names coming out and everything. Yeah, and then I will say that um, keep in mind that the NHL, they usually do have um, some kind of meetings. I can't remember on when it takes place, but it's usually like some kind of almost winter meetings or something like that for all the teams to get together, discuss new rule changes everything, but that's also, or anything like that, that's, so that's also a very good timing for GMs to get together and discuss potential trades. Yes. Uh, but with that being said, let's do, get or, to our first thing. Or. Yeah. Or. Or. You know. You know the little dark cloud that's been hiding, hovering over the NHL in the past like month or so? Yeah. Maybe they can talk during that meeting about 
Batman's future. I think it's a wonderful idea, What's especially his, with all whoever the, the that's coming out. I forget what the dude's name is, but the Kyle PR Beans. rep. Yeah, or the PR oh, reps. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, that dude. If he is what his Bill future Daly? is. Yeah, I, f- I think that's what his name is. Who cares? Either way, if the if the players themselves during that time or whatever start kind of coming together, yeah. like what's uh, the but, future of this? Because it's right. Ever since that kind of broke, more shit has slowly kind of come out of other stuff that's happened and everything. So everything going on with Kyle Beach as well. um, After what Batman has said and his statements following that, I know a lot of GMs and and owners are not happy with him. So I would not be surprised at all if during this winter they got together during these meetings and really also discussed, hey, what's this guy's future? Yeah. We, you know, because a lot of them clearly are very unhappy, as they should be, rightfully so. They need I, now. I don't know. I don't know how, how that, that would work. Yeah, we tried looking it up the last podcast we did, but I used I only go out and it's, I assume it's similar to like the NFL, where they need majority of the owners like to say to kick out an owner yeah. or to say okay, this she this commissioner is out or whatever. Yeah. Like I feel like it's a similar thing to that. That's just kind of my thinking of it. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, Anyways, back on. to yeah. hockey we game got, from last night. Yep, we got a couple that took place for sure. Um, actually, only three. We're going to cover two of them. Uh, we had Calgary. Destiny yeah, that other game Chicago. got postponed. It was weird. It's like halfway yeah, through the game. Very, it, just stopped. it was due to uh, inclement weather. Uh, technical um, difficulties, if I remember yeah, correctly. Uh, t- my TV didn't show anything, so. Uh, but Calgary, yeah, I was busy writing up on perhaps five after a win against the Blackhawks, five to two. Dubé, Lucic, Kachuk, Trevor Lewis, and Johnny Hockey each scored. Uh, Hagel and Johnson for uh, Chicago each scored. Johnson was his first of the year. Um, Dallas winning against the red hot Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton drops to 13 5 0. Dallas is above 500 8 7 2. Ryan McLeod, I think that's what his first name is. Somebody McLeod's out there now um, with the lone goal for the Oilers. Hints, Robertson, Garyanov, and Luke Glenn Denning all scoring for Dallas. Um, and then spotlight here, even though it's not a best spotlight. Connor McDavid, his so he failed to score a point last night, which snapped a 25 game point streak that dated back to last season. His streak started May 1st, 2021, and ended um, a couple nights ago. But it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, the last time his streak was to 25. The last time he got to 25 or higher was Taylor Hall in New Jersey with. Uh, the Devils there from January 2nd, 2018 until March 6th, 2018 with a streak of 26 games. Uh, so pretty impressive stuff there. Um, yesterday's goalies top performers, you have Jake Ottinger, uh, 21 saves on 22 shots, 0.955 save percentage of the young goaler. Goaltender got another win. Mark-Andre Fleury, although he got the loss, 34 saves on 37 shots, 0.919. Oh, yeah, he's in Chicago there. now. I forgot yeah, about it, that. It's so weird. He does have a pretty sweet setup with um, his pads and his gear. Uh, updated metric standings: the Hurricanes are fourteen two and one, Capitals eleven three and five, the Rangers eleven four and three, Blue Jackets ten six and zero, and Penguins eight six and four. They now keep in mind I mentioned five of the top teams there. That's because Pittsburgh is currently sitting uh, in front of one of those um, wildcard spots. Uh, same thing with um, Columbus there. And then in the Atlantic of Florida, my prediction going flawlessly, 13-2-3 with 29 points there. Uh, Toronto, 13-6-127. Tampa Bay, 11-4-3. Uh, 25 points, only three teams there. And guess, guess, guess just, just take a look at here. The Detroit Red Wings, although it's only one point, they are above the Boston Bruins. So another prediction that's going very well for not saying the Bruins will do worse in Detroit, but that um, the Bruins will be out of the playoffs is my prediction for this year. Oh, so it's yeah. pretty big there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston's um, not good. Not, no, not and then I will say the only one that's really out of the Metro real quick, going back to them for the time oh, being. That's a shame. They only have 12 points. That's a shame. And oh. while New Jersey and Philadelphia, they are one point 
away from being in that wild card spot behind Columbus and Pittsburgh. Um, Minnesota leading the way in the Central, 11, 6, and 1, 23 points. It's a very, another very close division. St. Louis, so 10, that's the West for you. Winnipeg, 9, 5, and 4, by 22 points. Nashville, 10, 7, and 1, 21 points. And Colorado, although they're doing well, it's not well enough. 9, 5, and 1, 19 points. They're currently out of a playoff spot. Uh, Calgary leading wait, the way, like wait, I said, wait. in the Pacific, uh, 29 points. Uh, 12, 3, and 5 record. Edmonton, 13, 5, and 0, 26 points, three, three points behind them. Uh, let me see here. Anaheim, 10, 6, and 3, and Vegas, 11, and 8, despite all of their injuries. Uh, San Jose, they're hanging in there. 19 points, three points behind Vegas. Same with LA. Oh, that's a shame. Seattle. Yeah, you guys, five, do you guys in one. Seattle really like Dave Haxtell yet? Their comments for their fans are hysterical. I feel, I genuinely feel so bad for Seattle fans right now because they no, put up with Dave Haxtell. No, they, they did it themselves. I can't. To feel be fair, bad. the fans did not. Ownership did it to themselves. You could have so. gotten Gallant. You could have gotten. You could have gotten John Tortorella. He's a. He's kind of a. A headache at times, but he is actually a good head coach. He actually wouldn't have been a bad option for head coach for Seattle. Yeah, just look what he did with Columbus. Yeah. Like, again, he's a lot to take in if you're a player or whatever, but again, he's he's got a cup. A lot of games tonight. You have Boston. Yep. Yeah, I'm not surprised since Winnipeg against Columbus, Philadelphia against Florida, Minnesota against New Jersey, Vancouver against Pittsburgh. Montreal against Washington, St. Louis against Detroit, New York Rangers against Islanders, Vegas against Nashville, the Ducks against Avs, Edmonton against the Coyotes, um, Toronto against LA, Carolina against Seattle, and Ottawa against the San Jose Shark. Sharks um, also have just one shark to take on one shark. <laughs> exactly. You know how it is a senator mm. against a shark. I wonder who's going to win. The shark. You're no fun. Um, but anyway, have you seen Jaws? <laughs> what if it's a baby shark? You never what know. if it's a shark that what if it's like a shark that likes to gamble at Evander Kane? Ah, I get it. Ah, I know I'm not that funny. Yeah, but I'm not that anyway, surprised though, since Tomorrow it's a complete off day of NHL games yeah. since it's Thanksgiving. But right. you got games Friday or Black Friday, and also yes, you will. They're usually tonight. day games. Uh, but by the way, very happy fiftieth birthday to former Flyer captain Keith Primo. Uh, he has been a you know remarkable player over the years for the Flyers organization. So a very happy birthday to you, Captain Keith. He's only fifty, right? A fun fact: He was He's only a couple years older than Tom Brady. Yeah, no, it's weird. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> fun fact: He made his debut with the Detroit Red Wings, which not many people knew. Cool. So there was that there. So this will certainly lead us into our next topic. Now switching things up: injuries, injuries, more injuries. And not just injuries, injuries to key players to current the team. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. We're going to start probably. We're just probably going to jump around. It's probably not going to be too. It's not going to be. It's going to be the most significant ones. Um, The only reason I want to bring these guys up real quick for Anaheim is because Anaheim is surprisingly doing very well. And if if they had. Not according to you, because you, I think, if I'm not correct, not mistaken, that's another prediction you have right so far. You have them in the playoffs. I do. And it's not good for them right now because both they've lost out on Maxime Comtois and Max Jones on the IR. Comtois has a hand injury on November 15th, and Max Jones uh, had a torn peck uh, who left the game back in October. So that's over a month there. ago. Uh, Ryan Kessler, I don't count because he's hardly he's even playing. Ar- he's long term IR. He's yeah, so done. he doesn't even count really. Yeah. So it's, moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are big injuries. I, I'm saying big dump for them there because they're two very oh, yeah, important exactly. young players. 
And I think if they're healthy right now, they're going to be even more dominant than they already are for, for Anaheim's sake, I will say. Um, all right, moving down to Buffalo, only major one really, excluding Casey Middlestat, you can argue, who's on an IR, just younger prospect, is Alex Tuck, who they acquired in the uh, infamous Jack Eichel trade. Yes. He was excited to go back to uh, yes. Buffalo. Yep. Of all uh, places. Um, Carolina, uh, Ethan Barry's day to day because of COVID protocol, and Jake Gardner is on the IR, so that's interesting. He's got a bum back. back. I like that. Uh, Colorado, <clears throat> also, mind you, as we were just yeah. talking about them being out just outside of the playoffs, even it's too early to be looking at that. Their best player in McKinnon is hurt. Yes. As they is Bowen Byram. Yep. And, um, you That's can really it. There's JT Comp. Actually, you know what? Pavel, Pavel Francis is a sprained ankle back in early October. He's on the IR, so that's not good there. He's not really, he wasn't really their starter, though. So it's not, he's not that. necessarily the starter, but like, I, I don't really? know what to make of Colorado with their goalies. Oh, it's, uh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, it's, he's their th- Darcy, almost like it's third not Darcy string. Kemper, is it? No. Yeah, Darcy he's Kemper is their starter. Kemper, yeah. Yeah, but it's Kemper, and they have uh, Jonas Johnson. That they got I mean, last well, year from Buffalo. Yeah, Johnson isn't much from what I've heard, so I don't expect a whole lot from him. He played oh, pretty still. well for them last year in the few games really? he got into. I think so. Well, yeah, nice he had thing. a he had like average. Uh, gotcha. He was nine thirteen um, save percentage, two oh six goals against in eight games. All right. All right. He's not doing so hot okay. this year in three games. Yeah. Uh, only Patrick Laine and Emil Bemstrom uh, both hurt in Columbus, both on the IR, both had strained obliques. So that's oh, not good there. Um, a huge reason on why Jake Ottinger is starting in, uh, or not even just starting, but just playing in general, because both Braden Holpe and Ben Bishop are But hurt. Ben Bishop's been out for well yeah, over so a year at this point. That, 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 he hasn't played yeah. since, I think, before the bubble. Dang, really? It's been a long time since he's played. I want to get it right. Yeah, because he Dubin took the charge for the Stars when they made it to the Cup final. Mm-hmm. So, I actually yeah. kind of I'm actually curious now. When was the last time he's actually? Yeah, he's on. Yeah, he's on long term IR. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But uh, he's also he's 35. A lower body injury. Yeah, he hasn't played since 1920. Uh, oh wait, yeah, he played three games in the playoffs. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember him. Vaguely punched. not great, but he played three games. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, not great. Um, Jacob Verona for the Detroit Red Wings IR on shoulder. That's a huge loss for Detroit. There, he's a very underrated pickup that they got in that Manta trade. That I still cannot believe the Capitals traded in that. Uh, for him, I get oh, Jacob Verona. Yeah, I think in terms of the cap or for the Capitals, he was someone you could afford losing. On trips to the other pieces. That's fair. And the guy you're getting back was, in my opinion, better than he is. You can certainly argue that. I think in the long run, Verona could have a better career. Now you can make the argument. Be, sure, sure. You've all, you always have. You're gonna have better weapons for the time being with Mantha right now in Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. So. I agree. Yeah. And obviously, um, their most and key important uh, defenseman in Mark Stahl is also hurt. <laughs> Um, you get the there's next no bullshit in that starting response, with Jeffrey. I don't know what you're laughing about. Also, a very key goaltender, and uh, Mike Smith is also hurt. Oh, obviously, extremely, extremely crucial. Well, very crucial because they keep bringing them back. Yeah, who else is here in there in Edmonton? They got a couple guys. Darnell Nurse, he's got a fractured finger. Ouchie. Uh, Slater Cuckoo, uh, he's got a lower body, as well as Shore and Mike Smith. That's really it. Oscar Clefbaum's also hurt, but he's been out since September. So, yeah. Florida, Nolachari, Jeff's uh, secret weapon. Oh, also Barkoff is day to day with the sprained knee. Yeah, yeah Barkoff, uh, that's a big one there for, for Florida. I'm surprised he's day to day. Buy fields out for LA with as well as Stouty. He's been out for quite yeah. He's some been out. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another, but again, he's one. Of, oh fuck me. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw Montreal. <laughs> right, that's the thing earlier. <laughs> Who's starting for them? Both their goalies are um, hurt. 
Oh my. Uh, I would explain why they don't have a great record right now. Uh, Samuel Mottenball. Oh, Mottenball, yeah. I don't know. They got him off, off of waivers. Yep. Mottenball's not, but he came from Florida, so. Ooh. I didn't know this. For Nashville, Philip Forsberg is on the IR. He left the game on November 1st with an upper body. Oh, it's been out for a while, then. So that's surprising. I did not know that. Uh-huh. Ooh, Jack Hughes has been hurt since October 18th. This is actually a huge shoulder. one. This is actually huge in terms of the team. The Islanders are missing their top D pair, D men. Pelic yes, and Pollock. Right. They're both out. Also, fucking oh, sorry. And a bunch of guys, I guess COVID must be going through their um, yeah, they have going through the. They have yeah, they got a bunch of guys. Seven guys in COVID protocol. Andy, guys are actually Andy hurting. Green, Anna so, Pellick, That's why he's not playing. Yeah, uh, Anders Lee, Ross Johnston, Ross Johnston, Josh Bailey, Kiefer Bellows, and Zdeno Chara. You know who I don't see there? Jordan Everly. <laughs> I wonder why that is. And then Brock Nelson and Ryan Pollock in terms of this injuries are the only yeah. ones. Both lower body injuries. But Pollock, I think, is supposed oh, to be out for a little right. bit. Sammy Blay, he's out for the year with a torn ACL after a cheap shot by P.K. Subban, who gave him a bad slew foot, uh, from what I remember. So Subban And obviously this yet, happened at the beginning of the year. But he been disciplined for his now three slew foots. So they, they, I think – I don't even know if he got a fine for this latest one, but they, – they, I think he did. I'm – he might have, but it's basically hand in the hockey player and nickel. Um, Ooh. that's really it. Two, Obviously, point the other day. Two, two guys for Ottawa. Well, one is in protocol with Craig Patterson, but Eric Branstrom, he was a key piece in that Mark Stone trade. He's a fresher hand. He's on the IR for about two weeks now. Um, still, if any Malkin, we'll cover the Flyers in a little while. We'll skip them for now. Malkin on the hour to his knee. Um, as you mentioned there, Mike, Toronto, sorry, no, Tampa Bay, uh, Braden Point. That's a big one. And, of course, Kucherov, we know he's out for a while, just in time for the playoffs. Obviously. Um, that's really – And then Vegas, of... as you mentioned earlier, oh, yes, they Vegas. have a good amount of guys. Yes. Key guys, too. Another one of those key guys. You got Marshall out. You got William Carlson out. Max Pacioretty. And obviously Jack Eichel, but he's out through the neck issues. So he will, you may get him near the end of the year, but my guess is you won't won't get full Eichel until next season. Yeah. That's my prediction, at least. I I think he'll play and he may play, play in the playoffs, obviously, if they get there, which I assume they will be. Um, I just don't think you're going to get as good because he's going to be so rusty. So yeah. at that point, it's going to be a year. It's plus, awesome. it's not even since he's last played putting him on the ice because the playoffs are a different animal. He's never even had a playoff game, obviously, because of being Buffalo. But so it's that point, even if no, he's but, healthy enough to play, I wouldn't even bother. I wouldn't either, but I'd also. I kind of go based off how he's feeling. Yeah. Oh, well. Like if you're he playing, did have this surgery. It did go very like if well he's coming back and his first game's back, it's like you're in the middle of a series against Colorado. I may go against it just because that's going to be such a bloodbath of a series. Not only that, but you have a certain player named Nazem Kadri who likes to deliver cheap shots. And the last one, as we just mentioned, West Washington, they're yes. without Oshi, Mantha, and we just mentioned that trade, and uh, Backstrom, who's been out since the beginning of the year as well. And Lars Eller. And Car- Connor Shearer. Yes, that is how you pronounce his name. Don't let anyone tell you different. Especially Connor Shearer. Yep. Unless he wants to change his name for the billionth time. <laughs> Anyways. So, so Vancouver. So well, we we never really touched base on flyers. So I was going to come back to them when we were all right. That's actually fine. talking. We'll, flyers. we'll come back. We'll come back to it. That's fine. Yeah, we're good. we're going to talk plenty about their injuries. So it's it, it was just kind of come back to it. Um. So 
my prediction of Vancouver getting that third spot does not appear to be going very well. And they're pretty much kind of where they were last in the bubble, even though COVID really hit them hard near the end of that season. Uh, not bubble, sorry. Um, playing in the Canadian division. That really hurt Va- uh, Vancouver. They made a bunch of moves this offseason, obviously. Um, and getting uh, uh, Ekman Larson and getting with, getting some uh, or shedding some cap and everything. They ended up resign or extending Hughes and Pedersen. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough. And they also added Yorov Locke as a backup to Dr. Demko, who has actually played pretty well this year, too. Yep. Um, there's just, I guess, a feeling that they may start selling off some pieces soon. and some key pieces, too. Um, one, the only one I think, not for certain, but I could easily see him getting moved. Maybe at, not at this during the season, maybe off season, I could see him getting moved is JT Miller. Uh, yeah, just cause Miller... he's, there was also, I think he was talking, I forget if it was him or his agent, someone, I guess, his what, agent. yeah, was talking about, uh, trade rumors and stuff like that and how I guess essentially how that was affecting him and stuff like that. And essentially the agent just said agent things and said he's focused on the season, which at this point, most players are obviously they're human. They're going to maybe play a little differently just because when you hear their name brought up multiple times, it's not like it's, it's not like they're uh, under a rock or anything. They know if it's, if there's a rumor, they're going to hear about it. And the last thing they want to do is after every practice say, so how do you feel about all these or the trade rumors? Like no one, it's a, an annoying thing, annoying part of the sport you're playing in and just being a professional sport in general. But JT Miller seems to be the latest of one of them. And one, I actually could see them parting ways with. And one, I don't think would hurt them too much in getting rid of. Right. Cause he's a decent depth guy. I think he could give you some pieces back if we traded him. Um, I probably and other ones that have been brought up, uh, apparently, and rumors were Captain Bo Horvat and Brock Besser. Yes, Brock Besser, I guess, would make sense just because he's got one year left this season, and then he's an RFA, which he's an RFA. But yeah, I think right about extending them. hear them out and say, "Hey, like, if you have a legitimate offer, let us know." Yeah. And you know what? Like, it's not like they're going to slam the door now. If it's someone like, obviously, the untouchables are Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen. There's no way they would ever trade. And Oliver Blackman Arsenal is going to want that contract. Exactly. Or Tyler Myers because no, again, no one's going to want that contract. Exactly. Um, so, so I would say the most logical players that the Canucks are okay with trading as long as they get good enough value. Brock Besser. It has to be the perfect deal. It's not going to be, we'll just throw you anyone because, you know, he's a solid player. Like, you're not going to just, like, yeah, you can dangle Besser, like, hey, like, I, here's major trade beat right here, right, 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 you know, Besser, 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 Besser. The name alone should got you excited. He's a top six player for sure. You enjoyed that, didn't you? I did. <laughs> um, he's a top six player, and some teams he can easily just fill right in on that top line. So, mm-hmm. And also, just a quick up. I don't think we talked about Vancouver's record, but right now in 19 games, they're 6, 11, and 2. Yikes. Second to the bottom with 14 points in the Big Pacific. Yikes. Only um, Seattle is behind them. Yeah. And Seattle's an expansion team, so they're going to take some yeah. time to get. And the way they draft and everything is going to take them some time before they're, yeah. in my opinion, relevant. Right. Now, for JT Miller, he's going to be 30, and he's having an expiring deal. He's, so he's, I mean he's in two years come, be come, coming up. Sorry. Not, not at the end of this year, but the fall. I was gonna year. say he'll, he'll be, yeah, sorry. I, I was I was reading I was reading something on the athletic saying Miller will be oh I, when I his contract ends. Yeah, so that's no, okay. That's what it is. Reading's hard. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's hard. Um yeah, I I don't know what to make of Vancouver. 
I don't know because, because Jim Benning to me, because how long has he been there now? He's been there for a long since 2014. Time. And he's made some not great moves. I'll put it that no, he's made very questionable moves, I will say. And not just questionable moves, but questionable like contracts and signings. Yeah. So I'm I wouldn't be surprised. I know you said depending on the price, but we've seen guys give almost cheap or you're like, you only gave up that for this person. Like with the first Hoffman trade with Ottawa with San Jose, like you only gave up that. And then obviously from that, you kind of learn, but right. So we'll see if I'm a Vancouver fan, I recent trades. If I'm a Vancouver fan, I'd be kind of. I'd be a little on the worried. fence of how I'd mind. feel about Jim Benning. If I, I'll put it this way, maybe it's a little mean for Jim Benning, but we are in Philadelphia. I know a lot of people aren't the biggest fan of Howie Roseman and moves he has made. So I have a feeling like I have a feeling like Vancouver's on that same kind of edge. We're like, like yeah. can we really trust you to make the right moves? Right. Or it's, not. It's more so I don't think drafting is the issue. Drafting has never been the issue for them. They've been finding some key players, like Niels Hoglander, for example. Uh Jet Wu. They've been finding some good players. That's your Demko. That, that's your Demko. And I'll, but that's I'll also you also have to second, but Yes, that's, that's also kind of uh, scouting and well, right, that but too. Still, it's, but it's, obviously, drafting-wise, they've done well there. Right. It's just what they have to do to get that to that next level. Because there right. was a in so, that bubble season, I think a lot of people went to that next season, us included, I'm sure, that because that was almost like the coming out party for Thatcher Demko in those playoffs. It was because he was phenomenal. They they made it to the actual first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hadn't been in the playoffs in years, so it was an encouraging sight since to see they had the Sedins. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look at Jim Benning's recent trades, thinking either good or bad. This is a great one. They got rid of Nate Schmidt's entire contract, five point nine five mil to Winnipeg for a third round pick. That's some good work there. Now, say what you want about Nate Schmidt, I don't think he's worth almost six mil. But the fact that you got a third-round pick back for him for that kind of contract, that's pretty dang good. And the entire contract, too. This is the that one that, a, lot, but that was just a lot cap, of people's. That was just a cap dump. Well, it was. But, hey, I mean, even for a cap dump, that's a solid mm-hmm. cap dump. And that's essentially what um, they did to Arizona, too, by giving him Anton yes. Rousseau, Jake Beagle, and Louis Erickson. Louis a Erickson bunch of picks. was a key one. So I'll put it this way. So Vancouver, they got they gave up 12 mil in total cap space. They get back 7.26 mil total, but retain 190,000. So yeah, all that changed. They, they basically gained 4.74 mil in cap space and the coyotes, you know, lose. See, this 4. is why I think you have to be confused of what Vancouver is trying to go with. Because if you right. look at some of these moves, okay, you get of uh, Connor Garland and Ekman Larson. Ekman Larson has been having some down years recently, but he was once a top pair defense, top pair defenseman. Uh, so you think if the right system, you already have uh, cues there and everything, maybe that could yeah. fit him better. But then you look at trades after that. Okay, they're getting draft picks. So are you trying to rebuild, or are you trying to contend? What are you trying to do? I think they're stuck in the middle right now. They don't even know what to do. I'll put it this way. This is probably one of the key trades that had happened that worked out, but it came back to bite them because they didn't resign the guy, Tyler DeFoley. They got him for Tim Schaller, Tyler Madden, a 2020 second round pick and a 2022 conditional fourth round pick. That's also, I think, because they couldn't afford him. They probably couldn't afford him, but I will say to fully, especially how well he was playing for them, he was the kind of guy at that time where it was bound to, or it was more down to like, hey, he clearly is playing well here. 
We need to do what we can to keep him. Because I think prior... At that point, I would have gotten rid of JT Miller to make room for Tyler Toffoli. So I'd completely get it if they were on the rebuild stage because I felt for a little bit they were kind of still in that stage. But I thought maybe them in that bubble may have shift their thinking. Well, yeah, because it it, it really did because I think they were probably more so towards... Uh, the actual like what they are now is closer towards rebuild. Yeah. When for you know, but because they the they're won a young, the ball around, they're a young team too, realistically they're too. Very young team. They have but very few guys in the thirties, and if they are, they're like double low thirties and made to the first round of the actual playoffs. They're thinking, oh, we got this. Let's just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And after not resigning to Foley, they've been kind of downhill since. Who did they Not lose saying to, that's the sole who purpose. Who did they lose of, to Seattle? Um, but I'll put it this way: probably no one did. That's mean, Jeffrey. Well, it's their own damn fault. I I really am surprised by uh, by all that. They took. Oh, that's ooh. Okay, I like this pick. They took Cole Lind. Now, not many people know him, but I I like this. That's me. Yo, I don't know. So, uh, 22 right winger. His last two seasons in the WHL, he racked up 87 points, 30 goals, 57 assists, and 70 games. Then 95 points, 39 goals, 56 assists, and 56 games. Um, He played for Utica. (laughs) Utica. Yeah. Utica, Utica. Proceed. You also drink. Touch the hair of uh, Stanley. Or touch a uh, thing of hair on Stanley. He said, "We will burn Utica to the ground." Mm-hmm. Um, so but they didn't he, really. Oh, that's why. Because that's because Seattle went with. We're gonna steal the guy that you don't really care, or the. It's not gonna be too much on us, but we're gonna take him instead of a big contract that you might want us to take. Like Tyler I will Myers say, so, or something yeah. like that. So I will say for um, honestly, which I mean that's Cole, Cole Lint. I think that's a pretty solid pick. All oh yeah, all, they definitely the got their their fair share of good young players. It's just going to take them a long time. And the reason why before I was talking about obviously we're talking to Seattle for a second here, but the reason why I thought it's going they're going to be a while to be relevant is because some moves they make are great because the thought was they're going to be pretty analytically heavy or whatever which is fine it's it's annoying to some people but that's just how they were going to be they went way too heavy on the analytical side yeah and then way they got ron heavy. francis who okay and i don't then, mind francis but after watching when he's done yeah it's very questionable and and then i guess it's just the head coaching which just makes me question seattle is it's dave haxtell yeah, I, I, I had I, as soon as that they had announced it being official, I, I full on I quoted the tweet and just I think I put ha ha like ten straight mm-hmm. in a row, and there was the guy who broke the news who commented who like re- commented on my tweet. He's like, he's like, so something tells me that you you don't like this move, and 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 I even replied to him like, after what I witnessed in Philly, no, I hate this move for Seattle. I think it's a horrible move. He's going to bench the wrong guys. And what do you know? He's been benching the wrong guys. And people are noticing and they're getting pissed. So um, that's all I kind of had on Vancouver, anyways. Really yeah, no, Vancouver, a nice little tangent. But hey, I mean, it's nice to talk about them for a little bit. To, yeah. I do like what they do. It's just the same time, you know, they, they got, I don't know. They do. And they have time to do it. I will say the only other last thing I will touch about. Vancouver, the only major contract coming up at the end of the year is uh, Brock Fesser, 5.875 contracts, and he's in RFA, so keep that in mind. Okay. I won't. Okay. All right, moving on. So back to our own team that we follow and the Philadelphia Flyers. So they're in a Ooh. bit of a uh, pickle. Yeah, and they've dropped their last two games. Last night, 
against Tampa, which Jeff didn't mention is. Uh, and his, I don't know what you're uh, talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'll be completely honest. I didn't even watch the game. I was kind of busy. I, um, it, 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 it's been, I don't know if it's just been so busy or something like that, but it was so bad that I didn't even realize that they were playing last night until I saw like something about the Flyers swing about Oscar Lindblom stealing just the career game. Yeah, I was like, I knew oh, they were I guess playing. I had, I knew they were kind of playing early on, but I had forgotten that by like seven o'clock they're playing because that yeah. was already in the middle of playing Brian and Madden. Uh, yeah. Um, but they're on a tough little road trip. They play against tonight, as Jeff mentioned earlier, against Florida. They just lost a bad game against Boston and Boston. They uh, go on Philly? Yep, that was in or Philly on Saturday. Boston. Gotcha. But before then, the Flyers injury bug bit again after they had just gotten back to players, which is kind of where I want to start today. So it was about two weeks ago now. Yeah, two weeks ago. When Hayes was still in long-term IR and Ellis was hurt still. Yep. And both guys were making progress. They weren't quite ready yet. Everyone was saying how, or AV and everyone was saying, oh, they'll probably be ready for Tuesday against Calgary or whatever. So you still have, this is like on the ninth. They said he. they probably won't be ready until a week, essentially a week from now, which I mean, to us, and I even text you, oh, a week? You have to wait for a week to see Kevin Hayes? <laughs> Not Hollywood. Yeah. Which was annoying that Flyers ended up getting shut out by Toronto the next night at home, and then they have a back-to-back, a rough, weird back-to-back in Carolina and then Dallas, and that Carolina game you did take out, but it was a tough one. That took everything and Carter Hart having to stand on his head essentially for the whole game. But the Flyers were able to come up with it. Not in overtime. They won. And then the next night it came out, both Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis were going to play. Both did. It took one game for Ryan Ellis to re-injure himself. And then it took two games because... And that game against Calgary when the Flyers won in overtime. Kevin Hayes scored, which was a good, nice little moment he had after a celebration point to the sky for his brother, obviously. Um, but late in that game, he was getting hit around. He left the game, I think, early. I don't know if he came back or anything. I came out. For a long time, there was no real word or anything. Now we got word of Ryan Ellis being on long-term IR now because of re-injury. And I saw him get hit at one point in the Dallas game. I'm like, fuck, he's going to get hurt again, isn't he? He's, he? I think he even texted me. Like, I did. Yep, 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 yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, again, the next... And then a game later, it's Hayes. And I don't know what was the thought process because if you look in the practices versus when they played... Ellis probably shouldn't have played from the beginning. No. I don't think no. neither one were ready to come back. I think they should have waited at least until that Tuesday, if not against uh, Calgary, if not that game against Tampa. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with waiting a little longer. Um, there's not. Because if you're already waiting. And obviously it's long, easy to say now, given in hindsight of what happened to them. But obviously if we go back and we want them to play, just let them play. <laughs> yeah, but right. if you look at the practices, Ellis was on the third pair and Hayes was swapping in and out on the fourth line. So we were like, okay, so they're they're warming them back into the lineup. And then they throw him in and Dallas. Hayes isn't on the fourth line. He's on the second line for some reason. And Ellis was on the third pair with uh, uh, Yandel. Which you could tell uh, Ellis wasn't really his Ellis kind of self. He was still a little yeah. hobbled, a little rusty. Um, and that's what you expect. You that's what you expected. And that's what I expected more from Hayes. If you're going to do that, and I'm always kind of worried about kind of doing that because like 
I feel like if you're doing that in game, unless it's a guy like Hayes who had, didn't have a training camp or anything, no game experience, I'm okay with it. But I always have the fear like, okay, I don't feel like this guy was completely ready to come back yet. No. Especially Hayes. Because Hayes had abdominal surgery during the offseason. And like two days or whatever into training camp, he re- re-aggravates it. And he has to go Did surgery he- again. And then he was out until that all that time until a couple weeks ago for those two games he came back. Now he's out again. Yeah. We're essentially, my thinking is a potential kind of re injury, but not as bad kind of thing. Because it doesn't sound like he needs surgery again or anything. It's just he may be out for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I know he should have been more, he should have been on the fourth line because for a guy like him, practices and if we're doing any like scrimmages or playing against your practicing and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that's one thing, but it can't really compare you to game action. And no. when you're off for that long, you don't want to like, you're not, it's, I had a kind of thing I was comparing it to earlier today. It's not like if you're driving a car and you just got it back or whatever, after a wreck, you're not just going to get in it and just drive off and go like 60 miles an hour automatically. You're gonna you're gonna warm it up. You're gonna kind of take your time before easing back into it, and that's what they, I they think you should like have done with Kevin Hayes. They didn't even get sixty. They went exactly. like eighty miles per hour. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Hayes should have probably been on that fourth. I would have put him on that fourth line in that game that I was playing him because I wanted wanted to go completely back to his responsibilities because I don't think that was helpful for him. Yeah. Even though he probably would have said opposite of that, oh, I'm fine, I can do that, I'm good. But you, as a coach, it's a hockey player's mentality. They're it's always a ho- going to yes, say, oh, I can do it. It's a hockey player's. It's the, uh, just a professional kind of athlete's mentality that they want to be out there, and if they're healthy enough, they want to do as yes, <laughs> they want to do as much as they can for the team. So if they feel like they're ready enough for it, they will. But as a coach or medical staff or whoever makes that call. You have to also have to keep in mind, okay, this guy hasn't played in since April, May of a game. You're not going to want to jump right into that. And it sucks to say, too, because like the Flyers medical staff has always been really great. Yeah. But for some reason that's this why year, I'm, I'm legitimately surprised that. Mm-hmm. And you that's know, why they're having this many issues. Yeah. And that's why I'm not going to throw, I'm not throwing in the white towel yet because it's only uh, late November, November, late November, even it's though a month and a half. Back in the bubble season, November is when the fires got it going again. It's a month and a half in season. In, uh, yeah, it's good. Into the season. Yeah, it's going to take some time. It'll take some time. And you haven't really seen what Provorov and Ellis could do on the first pair. Yeah. yeah, he's only played not even a week full of games, really, because he missed the first game because of this injury. And obviously, that's not an encouraging sign, but no, it's not. But if he can stay healthy when he comes back, let's hope for that both of them stay healthy enough. Because people are always going to say, "Oh, well," yeah, are already saying, "Oh, he's about the yeah." He's already saying, or people are already saying, "Oh, he's I already don't bust." Care because how many games Ryan else is missing, you would make that trade ten out of ten times. No, yeah, Patrick. Also, it isn't like Brian Ellis. Absolutely, that's not like Niskin and where you got him for a year. You got him for a few years. You got him for four, exactly. So, so you have him long term. Yeah, and in the meantime, you have Braun stepping up for you, who once more has been a nice surprise. It has been very which, refreshing to me. If he keeps it up, means he's getting another contract. I mean, hey, if he can play it like this, and if he can keep it going, go. and you put him back in the third pair once Alice comes back, that's great. I'm slowly warming up to Ristolainen to yeah. an extent. He's he actually hasn't played terribly. He's done pretty well as well. He's the defense done a lot better than a lot overall. Of the defense hasn't him. played great. They haven't played horribly either. The issue the Flyers have right now is offense. Yep. There's been a lot of times or very few scoring games. Last night was the third time this month the Flyers have been shut out. 
or no, sorry, yikes, second time. The Flyers shut out the still yikes. Uh, Arizona, uh, Arizona, and yeah, big yikers. But that was my kind of fear going into the season is that there was obviously a key, and I wouldn't change it anyway. Maybe some things here and there, but. I would have done the same thing because oh, defense is more of an issue than your forwards were. So that was more of a key <laughs> issue that you had fixed that is still yeah. coming along. A lot of the guys, especially Russell Lyon took some time getting, but this is like a sixth goddamn system that he has to learn. So it's gonna it was gonna take him some time to learn it. It's gonna take no some guys what. to get some chemistry going. But I think you lost some key. The only offensive guy you got this offseason was Atkinson. Yeah. And I want to look Theoretically, at the stats real quick. not nearly as offensive by Derek Broussard, who also happened to get hurt last night. Yes. He's, yeah, he was going to be our, to your third line. Center, what, you expect, what do you expect from uh, Atkinson? But Broussard, he is 11 points right now, including uh, in 17 games. Mm-hmm. Only four goals, but hey, eleven points. Yeah, he's outscoring I mean, Atkinson. He is Atkinson's... the third highest scorer on the Flyers, and that's a problem. I'm mm-hmm. Not saying that that's an issue for him. I'm saying that's the I'm I'm freaking happy for him as as uh, ever. The fact that if Derek Broussard is a third leading scorer on this Flyers team, that's a lot of issues. So it is. Saying. But also, I don't want to be that guy, but you did lose some offense in getting rid of Voracek and Ghost. Yeah. Two vital guys to your power play, which your power play, believe it or not, still struggling. Those two guys outside of right now, Drew is the only good puck possessor that can make plays. No one else has really taken that mantle. And the only other person on the roster that I can think of outside of him that could do it is Hayes and he's hurt. And El- and, yeah. and Ellis, I think, could do it too. But you lost two key guys. And obviously you're getting some of that offense back. You lost from Voracek to uh, Atkinson, but just going to be goals instead of assists. Yep. But you really didn't because all the other forwards you got were what? Broussard, who isn't that offensive. Broussard, who isn't that offensive. You got McEwen, who's essentially a grinder. Yep, you got uh, Patrick Brown, who's a bottom six. Yeah, guy. and you got Nate Thompson. You are unfortunate, again, injuries. You are you are without Wade Allison. He was going to provide some of your offense, too, but you're without him. He has been skating lately, so that's a good sign. It is a good sign. But none of those guys put up offense. Like that's great that right now, um, Broussard's third in points, but he's he's not really known for being that offensive, really. No. And one thing Again, I do it, want the Flyers to try, yeah. and they did it a couple games, but I I got it, but I wouldn't do it because you know how in the past, if the Flyers are struggling, the one go-to first line was Giroux, Couturier, Vorchek. Veteran first line because yep. they you, they knew essentially these guys are going to do it. They tried it earlier this season with JVR, which I get it because JVR has to get going too. It's, he's been ice cold. Um, I get it, but those like two guys who would be got someone or guys that can find uh, Vorchek open or Vorchek bow JVR open. <laughs> I would actually make the suggestion to put Atkinson there. So if I'm putting together the lines tonight, and even the lines I saw for last night's game, it's like, ooh, this is going to be a rough game. Because with these injuries, the lines weren't my favorite. Um, and I just would just like to see Atkinson with Gaturi and Drew. But with Broussard going down, I, I assume like Drew is going to swip, go back to center, and Frost may be on his wing. Because I yeah, don't oh, and spoiler alert in case none of you realize by now, uh, Morgan Frost is officially out with the Flyers. Yes, obviously. I don't know if he plays well enough, 
and this is something Charlie tweeted out earlier today too. If he plays well enough, it could be for a long term, or you know, if he's okay, not great, he could end up going back down because it's essentially just because Broussard went down. But I'll right, put it this way. Time, I mean, I'll put it this way too. Now it is, but could this be like when Ghost first came up? Flyers were kind of struggling. Ghost comes up. That's a spark. And they start get, get it going. They make the playoffs. They didn't go anywhere, but they made the playoffs. A couple of years later, Flyers blew six goddamn goalies. Finally have to go to Carter Hart. Seven. Seven. Yep. So, then well, they have to then, go to, they got to seven and then eight. Hart. And was then it was Hart. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then they had to put Hart in there. And he took it. Both those guys got their opportunities, showed what they could do. They haven't, they hadn't looked back after that moment. Is yeah. this this moment for Frost where it's the, you know, little uh, surge or whatever to get the fires going again? A little jet start or whatever, or jump start. Sorry, jump start. Yeah, yeah. And I will say for Morgan Frost, and he, he actually has a goal. Come in more, believe it or not, timing. against yep. Florida. In his angel debut, yeah, on a beautiful move against Sergei Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. By the way, I I don't want, and I will see... say this too because yeah. I know some people are down on Frost because he's another uh, young prospect who hasn't come up yet. No, but yeah, but also to me, and I still kind of feel this way. If he can be at his fullest potential, I give him a slight higher ceiling than Joel Farabee. and Farabee just got a contract. Yeah. And he's another guy who needs to step up too because he's kind of gone cold after a pretty good start to the season. Right. I will say Morgan Frost, the time for him is now because I would he, expect him to what take the reins on probably second line center, if not third at least. Worst case, yeah, worst, worst case, case scenario, scenario, he's got uh, either worst Lawton with him or, or Giroux with him. Or very worst case, if he's on the fourth line, which I wouldn't want, but if he is, you have Thompson there. So it's not the biggest worry, but again, he just got done being a player of the week in the NHL. So you you know, give him a chance. He's starting to he's starting to get it going in the professional, which was what we were missing, but he also was hadn't played in such a long time. So it was going to take him some time to get ready. But if he can get it going, and if Wade Allison, who is skating again, can slowly work his way back into the Phantoms, because I think he's going to have a little bit of maybe a rehab assignment before he gets that call up, before the Flyers say, okay, I think he's ready to come up for us. I think that could be huge in terms of getting some of your offense back. But in the meantime, you do need your guys to step up. I'm talking to you, Konechny. I'm talking to you. Even outside of Drew, because he's almost at a point per game. He's he's Couturier could step up a bit in, in terms of his defensive abilities a bit. Farabee. I think Coots doesn't have much of a choice though. Right now, I think he's playing through an injury, but he doesn't have a choice because Yeah. You know, we got no one else right now. Connectney, I want to see more from you. Farabee, Watts, I would like to see a little more from you. Hayes, well, you get an I, exception. I expect more. Hayes is an exception, yeah. And I still give a little I give him an extension because he's still working his way back. I agree, and I hate the fact that people are trying to give him crap for it and everything. It's like also again, pump the brakes. It's there. the same and JBR too. He's a big one too that needs to get going. But the thing, the thing on him and the same, I texted to you I think last night about JBR, is that I think both those guys haven't been put with the right lines yet to get them going. So that's my kind of thinking for those two guys. And because this Correct. The lines is the first line, like this, the fourth line the Flyers have right now is you've, to me not good. It's not great. It's probably the worst fourth line they've had in. Since like the four years, Roman Labimov kind of era. Yeah, Labimov, Belmar, and uh, Vandevaldi. But you actually got, you had some good fourth lines. And unfortunately, Abe Kubel isn't here anymore because he got waived and he unfortunately never wasn't really by Colorado. Yeah, was never really able to get 
not really able to get it going again, really here. So hopefully he gets that next fresh start. Uh, I mean, Colorado. He's already got. He's already on the power play for Colorado, which surprises me. Mm-hmm. But hey, good for him. But right now, if he's on the fourth line, he's playing with McEwen and Thompson for Limblom. That's not great. Not great. Nope. And again, once Hayes comes, once Hayes is officially back and everything, I think, and Broussard too. But once everything's back, I think that could open up more opportunities for Limblom or JVR. Aubrey Cuba already has a goal in three games for Colorado. There you go. <laughs> He's four penalty minutes. <laughs> of course he does. That's kind of... I, unfortunately, I think that's kind of why he's not here right now. Yeah. Yeah. The Fires just need to get that offense going. Someone needs to provide it and everything. And I don't hate that they got a guy in like McEwen or someone like that to get some grit. I just... I would prefer it if he's because I didn't see the game last night, but from reading the tweets, it sounded like he was one of your better players this night. If that's the case, you were not having a good game. You were having an off night if Zach McEwen is one of your better players, one of your standout yeah. players. You're having an off night. With surprising, yeah, he hasn't yeah. actually played that terribly. He has had some notable. He hasn't. Moments. He's been a lot better than I've really expected. Like I've I've always known his name, but I couldn't remember much about him. Yeah, when they first I was like, it was like, oh, really? Like they picked I'm, him up. Like, okay, but because I'm okay with guys like Ristolainen or um, McEwen or whatever, unless you can actually provide something. Like Ryan Reeves, pretty much just an asshole. <laughs> I think we can, yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Um, he doesn't really provide much else besides energy yeah. and kind of that fear on the bench of, oh, I, this guy's here, so if you take a cheap shot, this guy might be coming after me uh, kind of thing. But Tom Wilson's that same way, but sadly, to all the Tom Wilson haters, I include myself in that as well, he does provide something. He does score goals. Yeah. So he does have, provide something else outside of kind of being an asshole. Yep. And that's what you kind of hope for in these guys. And that's what those guys have kind of changed from from the Ronaldo days, from the Donald Brashear days of like real like uh like grinders and enforcers and stuff like that. Because now guys have to actually provide something. And McEwen's actually done pretty well kind of forechecking, but I just I don't know. So I guess we'll see how this goes. Um yep. I think the Flyers are losing again tonight. I'll just be honest. Uh, confirmed it is Sergei Bobrovsky against Martin Jones and Net tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, it's... I'm annoyed because I want to see fucking Spencer Knight play. Oh, well. That, I, I, must prefer, I almost prefer Spencer Knight because the Flyers always have struggles against Bobrovsky. This surprises me. Frank Vetrano is their leading goal scorer for Florida. With four. Really? Well, sorry. Let me rephrase. Players watched the last five games. Apparently, gotcha. Toronto's four goals in his last five games, which is still highly impressive. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I just, it's a, it's a tough stretch. And again, Florida isn't yeah. the same Florida team that they were even no. two years ago. So they're yeah. actually a good team. They won't have eight, eight, uh, 18 games played, 15 points. Yeah. Uh, there's that guy, Sam Reinhardt, 11 points, 18 games. Must be nice. Yeah, it would have been great to get him, too. But I think that's all I got for this one. Well, we got to make a quick prediction here, sir. Michael. I already said they're going to lose. I don't want to give oh. up a score. It's too <laughs> depressing. I think it's going to be like a 3-1. optimistic. I love yeah. it. I think Drew is going to have a long goal for the Flyers. Oof. Is it what, 3 1, 4 1 kind of game? 3 1. Flyers guys. Okay. He's scoring for uh, Florida for you. Fuck it, because it's going to be weird. I think it's going to be a weird kind of grinding kind of game. But actually, I think it's going to be a better game than I'm picturing. But it's going to be better than that game last night, I think. But I think it'll be a dirty but good goal. But 
Gudis gets on the board. From the blue line? <laughs> Obviously. Um, Hornquist will score. And yeah. see that. Huberdo. Sorry, Aaron Eckblad. Sorry. He'll score. Okay, Eckblad. There you go. Not Huberdo. Yeah. I don't know what to make of this game. Honestly, I kind of have. I'm gonna have a high scoring. Yeah, screw it. Why not? Let's make it fun. It's gonna have good. I think that's gonna be the. Game. I think that's gonna be the Black Friday game. I think that game's gonna be high. I scoring. can see that happening. I'm gonna say that tonight's the high scoring game. I'm gonna have Verhage. We're gonna have Anton Lundell. I'll have. I'm gonna have a bizarre one. I'm gonna have. Uh, Lomberg, uh, Brian Lomberg. He's a 26 year old, five nine hundred eighty seven pound winger. Uh, he has three points in nine games just because it's one of those kind of games you're gonna have four points, yeah, right? So that's three goals right there. And we'll have Sam Bennett Bennett score. That's four. God, they have Uh, Sam Bennett too. God damn it, right? (laughs) It's annoying. Uh, for the Flyers, I'll have Cam Atkinson, I'll have Scott Lawton. Joel Farabee and Morgan Frost will have two assists. Okay. Flyers lose four three. Overtime or no overtime? Uh, regulation. Okay. With that, so. I think that's all we got for this one. So until our next underachievers, the next time we you know talk hockey, we will see you. <laughs>